1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss.
2: Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Good morning. How are you? Uh, well, I think I'm actually a bit hungover um but not from last night because basically we went away we have had the nicest half term I reckon we've ever had actually and as a family we had five days away we went on Wednesday we went to stay um down in East Sussex with my sister and I hadn't like the kids absolutely adore her I haven't seen her for ages then we went to stay with another set of friends and then we went to the beach and stayed at a beach house and Dozra and I just had this really wonderful amazing time with the kids and with our friends and drinking and it just it just felt like the Costa del Canberra sand you know what I mean it was (laughs) we were just there like sun hats on and burnt noses and oh it was wonderful just
1: lovely oh Oh. do you know what we've said this haven't we I kind of I get now why when you're a parent it's so much better to go on like a group holiday or holidays with other people like Mm. the more adults you've got and the more kids like the easier the parenting is because Mm. they just kind of I don't know get on with it themselves don't they like you can just sit there
2: (laughs) yeah I mean we've got one set of friends and she um she's an absolute hero and she basically got up with the kids every morning and because she's not really a big drinker and she was like oh no it's fine go back to bed and I was like somebody's telling me to go back to
1: bed Oh my and
2: god! I so I did. I did. I didn't feel guilty about it. So can
1: <laughs> Can anyone hire her out for their <laughs> holidays? <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. We we didn't go away. Um, I had a night on my own with um one of my mates in the hotel in London, which was lovely. Um, I saw that. What? Yeah, it was really nice. Like the thing is, she lives in Saudi, and whenever she comes back, we always do stuff together. You know, like mm. as a family. It's always like family, family. But but we've realized we never get to just be by ourselves mm-hmm. because she's obviously back like so rarely that um, when we, you know, we want to do stuff with the kids and we want to, you sure. know, see each other's kids. But um, yeah, it was a real treat like just to, we just, we had secret sparring to do facials and then we were actually planning on just getting room service. So we hadn't brought like our makeup bags with us or, you know, like anything like what? that. Um and then we ended up having to go and sit in Nobu, like, with no makeup on and just, like, the dresses that we'd had on all day. Um, but it was fine. Like, you know, when you think, oh, actually, I don't care. It doesn't matter. No,
2: do you know what? I feel like that's, I th- I feel like that's as a result of lockdown, by the way, because I am yeah. so much less maintenance than I used to be. Like, I was ta- having a discussion with somebody else about this the other day saying, you know, I wouldn't have dreamed of going out without, like, you know, full eye makeup and, like, liquid eyeliner. And, my, like, you know, that's just what I did. That was almost like my uniform. And now I, if I've got a bit of mascara, lip gloss and some blusher on, I'm not really that bothered. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. a
1: No, I know. It's it's really weird. And even like we were looking at people like really dressed up and we were like, God, that's weird. It's like Wednesday night. <laughs> or what? Why? What? We were all sitting in the dark as well. Can't see anything. The thing though, that I don't know if you notice this as well, that um, I really feel like there's like a new like
2: lust for life like i realize that this pandemic is not over you know we don't know you've got to like think about the sort of the nightclub industry and obviously theaters are starting to get back to some sort of normality now obviously people have lost loved ones so yes okay Mm -hmm. there is there is an element of like oh there's freedom and stuff but i think people are just genuinely genuinely feeling happy again there is like an element of hope and things are returning to normal and we can see our friends and I've just got this this reinvigoration of like I love being around the people that I love and it's it's filling
1: me up with joy and also, as well, like, I think it's kind of hit the reset button on all the stuff we used to do with the kids, like we've said before, like we used to feel like you had to take them to all these amazing places all the time, all the time, all the time, fill the half term with, like, loads of activities, when actually, when it comes down to it, all we've done pretty much in the last week is go to people's houses, yeah. sit in the garden, have a couple of drinks, kids are playing in the paddling yeah. pool, on the trampoline, and it's been so lovely, So easy. No stress. Mm. Like it is. It's just, uh, yeah, I think it's hit reset on on all those things that we felt like we had to do. Yeah. And we were going to book a
2: farm the other day, like a farm visit you know I was like oh we've got to do something the first couple of days of half term and I went through the whole process and was like you know uh, three kids and there was going to be three adults and it came to 80 quid and at the checkout I said to Doz it's 80 quid Doz and I was like I'm not doing it and we just didn't do it we just went to the park instead and had a picnic and I'm not being stingy I'm just not going to pay 80 quid to go see some animals now I'm just going to Walk out no. in the field and hope, to, hope I see a cow.
1: <laughs> it's so, it's so um, <laughs> true. I know it's. And I mean, it's bad. I guess in some ways, like the kids are. Well, no, they don't know what they're missing out on, do they? No, so, like, and they're more than happy. So, but yeah, also, let's just crack on. As money we are. just doesn't
2: equate to having a good time, and no, I think that's what we. That's what we're saying.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
2: So this is a very, very, very exciting conversation. Obviously, this month is Pride Month here at Made by Mamas. We are massive supporters of the LGBTQ plus community. So we really wanted to get um, uh, female voices on um, a a gay couple who've been together for a very long time, who are very well known in that space and who are currently (laughs) on an incredible journey with... um, you know with having a baby with their pregnancy journey it's really interesting story isn't it
1: it is we love to hear you know all routes to becoming a parent and this one is particularly special so we think you're really going to enjoy it um today we are chatting to rose and rosie Okay, joining us on the podcast today. What a moment
2: this is. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Rose and Rosie. Uh, They're known for their relatable and kind of, I guess, comic take on being a same-sex couple, trying to conceive. They are the most successful... Uh, YouTubers, same-sex YouTubers in the UK, 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. I know, take a moment, George, I'm glad you're sitting down. Uh, they have real and honest conversations about uh, LGBTQ plus issues. Um, and they're just over-sharers that we cannot wait to talk to. <laughs>
1: Our favourite type of people. It's Rosie. (laughs) Rosie,
2: Hello. Welcome.
3: Hi. Thank you guys for having us. How exciting.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. And like for those people who don't know about you guys, I'm sure they will. But can you just give us, you know, a brief on how you met and and how you just de- when you decided to start the youtube channel yes my god so long ago now um it was actually 10 years ago we met wasn't it rosie yeah 10, 10 years. years ago now
3: we met through a mutual friend who we happened to both actually date but not at the same time cuz not how, at com- the same <laughs> time it's <how> complicated <laughs> um, and i knew rosie through that person and um and i actually invited myself dare i say gatecrashed a uh, a halloween party of yours didn't i yeah. and you had a boyfriend at the time how problematic That's um, brilliant <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I went dressed as a ghost. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to invite myself. I'll have no other opportunity to meet this girl. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be brave. And that's very unlike me. I'm quite shy, actually, believe it or not. And it it was quite forward, wasn't it, Rosie? It was really forward. Really forward. And then after that, we kind of like met and whatever. We both had
4: partners for a bit. And then we both broke up with our partners at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And I was really worried that Rose was going to get back with her ex. And I was like, I have (laughs) to go out
2: with Rose before.
3: (laughs) I have to at least go on one date before they get back together. So technically, we were each other's rebounds, but it worked out. And yeah. um, and I, we were both at university at the time, and I was doing film and screen media. And as one of the modules, we were told to kind of experiment with video and see if we could get a viral video on YouTube. Uh, this is before, you know, YouTube was a way to make money. Yeah, before really, influencers. Yeah, there were no real kind of personalities. It was more of like a viral space, like it Charlie was like, bit my yeah, finger. Yeah, Charlie bit my finger. Lots of cats Lots online. of cats music <laughs> yeah. videos. So it was very different to how it is now. And I think in a certain respect, we were quite lucky because we started at a time where it wasn't very competitive in that sense. No one was trying to be YouTube famous. And we just yeah. did it as a hobby. And I used it as an excuse to see Rosie because we had like two people watching our videos. And I was like, Rosie, we've got to make a video again because we've got this huge audience. <laughs> and uh, and it was let just, down. a lot of it, I think, was luck really, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and we just kind of started dating in front of the camera, essentially. And that's why it is so so organic, I what guess. What were
2: you making the videos on? What were the, what, were the, what were the first videos?
4: What did they look like? We
3: literally would like go on a date and then we'd
4: come back. Back and turn the camera on and just talk yeah. and we had no um like censorship around ourselves we didn't we didn't think like oh we're putting ourselves on the internet and YouTube's like global we didn't think about anything how it would affect our lives we didn't think about uh, even like the fact that we were we were both out we're just like yeah we're dating hi you know there was no theme we we would just talk and people started watching and what was crazy is we didn't tag our videos we didn't do it properly like we didn't know what we were doing and somehow people started watching but I think it was that raw fly on the
3: wall kind of insight that people Mm. got into a queer relationship that I think they needed because we weren't talking to an audience we were talking to each other so it was kind of for them I guess it was almost kind of voyeuristic because they were having kind of like that that sort of you know Mm -hmm. you know that conversation but it was just us two speaking to each other did you guys think
2: that you were falling in love at the time or did you think oh this is fun we're just dating like what how are you feeling about one another at that point and did you think it had legs I thought it would never last because I was 21 <laughs> when we nice. got together nice. how old were you
4: 23 I was 23 we were so young and, I, and also <laughs> so even though I knew I was bisexual from a really young age um I this Rose was my first proper like um, queer relationship. Right. So I, I was kind of really nervous about that as well. So I just thought, oh, you know, it will end like all relationships do. You know, I'm so young. Mm. Um. So no, I, I did not think it would, it would last. I had more faith, didn't we?
3: I had more faith. I was like, yeah. of course, it's gonna last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But
0: there we are. There we are. It's good to know we're on the same no, page. Rose is like, you've <laughs> done that. <this."> you <laughs> felt what? I
1: thought we were on the same page there. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then, obviously, your whole relationship, we've kind of documented, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. did you document? Your decision to want to have children, and or did you, you know, or, or was it something you decided you'd hold back, or just just tell us a little mm. bit about that decision? Well, I think because everything is just like um,
3: it's sort of like manifested so authentically online, it would it was just the next chapter of our lives, which yeah. I think would be it would almost be weird for us not to discuss it with our audience yeah. because they've been with us since the beginning, and unlike a lot of YouTubers, you know, our audience have actually sort of grown up with us rather than some coming, some going. They, they're actually kind of like the same lot. Uh, which is lovely. And um and I think we thought it was so important to to document this, not only for those people who have been so loyal and watched our stuff for so long, but also because we didn't realise how difficult it was as a same-sex yeah. couple to start this journey until we actually started it. And it was such a shock at how 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 limited information there was out there for same-sex couples and such conflicting information that we actually thought, do you know what, we should make a podcast about this as Mm -hmm. well, so Mm -hmm. we have a a slightly longer form media in which to discuss this, and to let people know exactly how we did it, and how how they can do it too, so it was a bit of a shock really, wasn't it? Yeah, I also think um, they've seen every
4: milestone, like they would literally seen kind of like our third date, us getting engaged, us getting married, and yeah, I just felt like it's so important, and when and you know, Rose and I started dating when like gay marriage wasn't legal in yeah, the UK. I can't believe like, that, it's, uh, yeah, it's mm. crazy, right? Looking yeah. back, so and so, it's like I think they I, I, we had to show it. You know, it's yeah. so important. Yeah, and yeah, we just had no idea how to do it. So <laughs> now I know it was a
2: journey. <laughs> well, that that's where I really want to go with this next kind of um, questions because obviously the system in this country is built towards same sex couples having a baby. So. Tell us about mm. how you found the system once you'd made the decision um, as a gay couple. Well, I've, I've, we've spoken about this a few times. The, the most shocking part, I think, was when Rosie rang up her
3: local fertility clinic. Well, first of all, we went to our local GP and we said, how do we do it as a same-sex couple? And he said, I don't know. So we were like, yeah. excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And then we wrote, we, we ran Yeah, they didn't up. know. We just we said, I up. don't know. Bye. Yeah, literally, yeah, literally I don't know. That was it. Yeah, so it. it was the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and then Rosie rang up a local fertility clinic clinic because we thought okay we'll need a clinic in order to do this and uh, and she said look I'm looking to um, inquire about IUI which is pretty much just artificial insemination it's not IVF it's, it's artificial insemination and it
4: wasn't on anyone's website that's why I rang up because I couldn't find IUI anywhere um, mm.
3: that's basically when you just take the sperm, pop it in, hope for the best.
4: It's a bit. It's honestly like sex, IUI,
3: <laughs> but with a, but kind of <laughs> a with a really, really sex. sexy, yeah. Yeah. a really skinny, <laughs> just bit. putting sperm in. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> very thin, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Rosie said, you know, I'm looking to get IUI treatment, and the person on the other end of the phone said well, you don't even know if you need it. As in, I'm assuming yeah. you're in a heterosexual relationship with fertility issues. And it's like, no, we we need it. We yeah. definitely need yeah, it. We it know like, we need it, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There, there she was, was like, have you been investigated? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no. But there was no kind of, um, that, there was, she just couldn't possibly believe that it would be yeah. a same-sex couple asking and, these questions. And yes. I wasn't seeing
4: anything about same-sex on websites. So I wasn't seeing IUI as an option. Mm-hmm. I was only seeing IVF, which is a lot more pricier. The price difference is, insane yeah. so IUI is about under a thousand pounds I'd say about yeah. 900 pounds can vary in case if you're taking like medicines and stuff per
3: insemination per that insemination. excludes the cost of the sperm right. so it's a right, very yeah. pricey but
4: pricey I, situation but IVF is like £6,000 and there's much more to it. It's a much longer process. You know, you've got to kind of harvest your eggs. But the whole system, you're
3: quite quite right. The whole system is catered to, really, to heterosexual couples who have fertility issues, you know. And it was just getting this information that was proving to be so difficult until we went to like an open evening at a very LGBTQ plus friendly clinic in Brighton. Which is miles away
4: from us, but we (laughs) travelled there because that was the only place that was like really same-sex but, friendly and acknowledging us. They were of. just
3: fantastic. And they had they hosted this evening for um, same-sex couples and single women about how to get sperm, the process of talking to a sperm bank and then the clinic. Because we thought that this was just like one in the same thing. We thought, we'll go to a sperm bank, we'll go to the same place to get inseminated. Yes. Easy. Yeah. But you have it's to not find, easy. you got to find a sperm ba- bank, you've got to find a clinic, you've got to make sure they talk to each other that, 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 that the clinic accepts the sperm from your sperm bank, that your sperm is UK eligible. We yeah, do- the
4: different countries have different laws around sperm. So the UK have just changed it so um, that your sperm in the UK has to be non-anonymous. Yes. So that means, yes. And what's really interesting about that, so that means that when your child's about like 16, if they say, mum, I want to find out more about my donor, then you, you, you it's illegal to withhold that information. Mm-hmm. They can go to the clinic and find the information, fine. But what's interesting about that is they changed the law and none of the children are 16 yet <laughs> um, since the law's been passed. So we don't know how it will affect wow. the children. What? that's a whole v- so then we were like but so you can use a non-anonymous um donor, s- a donor. can you use an anonymous donor you can if you go abroad you have right. to right. different countries right. and it depends okay. what the legalities are there. So some people travel, but then obviously it's already expensive and then you've got to think, when am I ovulating and can I get a flight at that time? Yeah. Then there's been COVID, you know. It's yeah. really, really and quite hard. Been <laughs> shut. Uh, yeah, and so, because you can't just go whenever. You have to, you know, track your ovulation and, and then you've got life, you know, like, are, are you
2: working? Yeah. yeah. Can you just drop everything and fly to, I don't know, Switzerland or somewhere? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very, very difficult. And difficult? that's why IUI is very different to IVF because with IVF, there's obviously a plan throughout the month and then you know exactly when it's yeah. happening and everything can be booked in exactly. and scheduled. But with IUI, it has to be a point of ovulation. And if you're doing a, going abroad exactly. to do it, yes, okay, logistically, a bit of
1: yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nightmare. Exactly. It's nightmare. But then it's so much cheaper as well. Mm. And it's, 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 yeah, it's less expensive. Mm. Talk to mm. us about the process of finding a sperm donor. Like right. t- there would be lots of people mm-hmm. listening who might not have a clue how you would even start that process. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about that.
4: So we spent a year trying to find our sperm donor. It was crazy. So basically you have, there are loads of websites online. Obviously we were looking at ones that were UK eligible Mm -hmm. and different websites have different criteria and some websites you pay a bit more money, you get more, you get more information. Mm -hmm. Some people want to have as little information as possible. And honestly, it does make it an easier choice then. So some people are like, okay, you know, I just know I want someone who, you know, say uh, my partner is this race. So I'll get a donor a that's this race and, yeah, and, and, no, and and I don't want to know anything else. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, I want my, my donor to look exactly like my partner. So the baby looks like both of us mm-hmm. as a, as a couple, yeah. um, you know, they have different criteria. So, um, So we start off looking at sperm banks which just had like pictures of babies. So you're like, okay, my baby might look like this baby. So you see the donor as a baby.
2: Oh, you see the donor donor as a baby. Not like they've made an image of what the baby might look like. No, no,
3: no. no. What they do is they offer baby photos of that donor but not adult photos. However some sperm banks, if you pay a little more, like Rosie said, they offer um, like an extended profile. So what you get is essentially um, a photo shoot of them as an adult, which at first we were like, oh, do we care? And then we decided that we did because because we by having a little look at extended profiles it goes to show that babies often change a lot so you could get like a very specific looking baby and a very different looking adult (laughs) so we were like right we want to know as much and then we fell down the rabbit hole of wanting to know everything as much information as possible Mm -hmm. Um, but what's crazy is you don't know what will be passed down to your child like some
4: people might try and get like a certain look that might not yeah. translate into yeah. your child right and then so some people are like okay i want my child to be very intelligent that's important <laughs> to me that again you could get like a member
3: of mensa but yeah, they it won't maybe it won't might, like, might not be the same yeah yeah, so, yeah. exactly it's crazy. so you've yeah. got to think about the gene lottery it mm-hmm. is really like a, a real crazy random thing but yeah it
1: took us a while and you mentioned mm-hmm. sort of looking a lot of people look for someone who would look like their partner mm-hmm. but i guess for the two of you how did, did how did you go about making that decision because you didn't know who like it would be who would get pregnant right that's such a good question that's so true so what we decided to do is try
3: to find someone with really kind of like neutral um features so we yeah we we found someone with no kind of like dominant strong looking feature we went for all kind of like well, we, we had a few important things like, you know, he's quite tall. Uh, he has a really What what you also get with their profile is loads of questions about them, which is really nice because you get a real kind of feel for who they are as a person based on mm-hmm. the answers that they give. So we wanted a kind person. We, we wanted, decided. yeah, we did. Yeah, nice. I love so that. So we, we actually, I yeah. know we actually picked our donor by their answers to their questions and then yeah. we paid for more to see what they looked like and it was just a perfect match
4: but um some people don't sell themselves because I remember we were <laughs> looking at this one a donor and um it was like what's your worst trait and he was like I'm really aggressive and impatient and we were like <laughs> oh no i not I don't want your own
0: you I you choose like, you yeah, like it's so weird <laughs> yeah I
4: know um and also it's funny what different um Different clinics show different things, so like, or different sperm banks show different things. So, like, I wanted, really wanted to know the donor star sign. I didn't care for we, this, but, but it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't tell me. I'd want
3: to know that. I, I want to know, know the star know. sign exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whereas some, some sperm banks do. Some stuff like that. Right. So it's really weird.
4: Yeah. Um. But what's crazy is, so we spent a year finding our perfect donor. We finally found our perfect donor. We went to the clinic. Like, great. Let's have all the tests we need to do and then get going. Um. And uh, we had all our the tests. They're like, you're ready to go and then they went oh sorry we don't accept we don't accept your sperm donor right. so either so th- they were like our our clinic doesn't work with that sperm bank so they were like so you have to go somewhere else or you have to choose a new sperm so
3: basically they they obviously had like a business relationship with another Uh, like an exclusive business Mm -hmm. relationship with another sperm bank which meant that then we had to change our clinic and we had a really good clinic so we were like oh for god's sake this is so complicated but it doesn't need to be and different clinics
4: want you to have different tests and stuff so some clinics like we want you to have a high cozy which is uh they put dye in your fallopian tubes check there's no blockages and stuff um, because and we're you were doing... both
1: going through these tests. That's yeah. it, we both did yeah. all the tests. Yeah, I wanna um, ask about
4: um, that actually, after, yeah. Because in, if you do IUI and your fallopian tubes are blocked, then the sperm's not gonna go anywhere. Right, so um, you're kind of wasting yeah, money. Yeah, so, so some, some clinics like, um, do that and it's a lot of money. And then some clinics like, no, you don't have to. So we were like, no, we won't because if we were a heterosexual couple, we wouldn't spend that money right away. Maybe right. if we were trying and it wasn't happening, right. we might investigate further. So we said, no, we won't do that. And then a friend who was going through the same process said, I was told that if you have a high cozy, uh, it triples your chances of pregnancy. So, so everyone tells you different information. <laughs> it's so confusing working out what to do. Yeah, it's been a ride.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, well, I mean, we're getting a snippet of it and it just feels very long winded and quite conflicting. In certain- yeah. Georgia, yeah. And so, George, me and George are like, wow. My
1: mind is like. Yeah, the things that you have to think about and go through,
0: and I then know, I guess there's, I there's the
2: conversation taking place between the two of you about who is going to carry the baby. Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: that Tell was tricky to, too. Want to talk about well, that? I decided to go first simply because I'm two years older than Rosie, so I thought, well, right. you know, I hate to say the biological, you know, yeah, talk. we hate that because we're I real feminists,
4: and I believe that you shouldn't be pressured into a time. But equally, when you go to these clinics, <laughs> yeah, they, they literally
3: say TikTok, they yeah, drum yeah, yeah, it yeah. in scary. You. They're like, you are, you know, not as young as you used to be. Okay, they, like, <laughs> they
4: pull out statistics and literally uh, that's like charted it kind of goes down yeah. and the, your chances
3: as you get older and so yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, they they do kind of like you know coerce you into getting started straight mm. away. How, how anyway, old are you both, um,
2: just out of curiosity?
3: I'm I'm going. I'm turning thirty three next month, and I'll be turning thirty one. I was thirty when I fell pregnant. Oh god, isn't yeah. it mad
2: that at thirty three they're like, oh, tick tick. You're like, oh god, I'm only 33. I know.
3: Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, they give I thought you. I was young. I mean, <laughs> you I, I'm all for just doing what you want to do, you know, and and having yeah. it all.
1: But um, at the same time, you know, I, I also wanted my chances yeah. to be really, you know, optimal. Yeah, which is yeah, fair and yeah, fair enough. Like if out of the two of you, like you say, you decided to go first yes. just because of your age. Just because, yeah. Exactly, that's all it was. And um, and yeah, so I, I tried first.
3: I got pregnant. Unfortunately, I lost that child. That was rubbish. Mm. That was during lockdown as well. That, that, was- that was during the pandemic as well and the height of the... Yeah, it was a crazy stressful time. And then after that, I tried twice again because I was like, right, I've got the fear of God into me that I'm going to lose another one, but I've just got to get back on the horse and go for it. But it yeah. didn't take. And then I was like, okay, we're running out of sperm. <laughs> What's that's the best so thing So because of COVID, we
4: started running out of sperm because um, um, our donor couldn't come in for the tests and stuff. They have to be tested regularly. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're not allowed to go in anywhere. And then also shipping the sperm. Yeah. So we were
3: like, oh my God, you know, yeah. we're, we're running out of sperm. So I said, Rosie, why don't you just give it a try? And then second time. You were lucky and yeah. you, you got pregnant. And uh, and that's really that's really it, isn't it? But so we actually
4: just just before I got pregnant, we decided to start taking it in turns because we realized that Rose's cycle's longer than mine. Mm. So most cycles, a typical cycle, but not everyone's the same, obviously. It's not an exact science, is like what every four weeks. Every four right? weeks, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you'll ovulate and then two weeks later you're either pregnant or you're not. Rose's cycle's a bit longer. Mm. Uh, she's about six weeks, yeah. just the way she is. Mm. Um and so we realised that um I could uh, be inseminated with sperm, and in two weeks, if I wasn't pregnant, Rose would be yes, ready. Rose could go, swap. and we were like double the chances each month. Let's do this,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I and then I fell pregnant. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'm not going to try now because I can't have two babies yeah. at the same time. And how did yeah, that make, How did that make you feel? Um, it, I was I was really I was thrilled, honestly, because I, I mean I think. I think having a having a miscarriage in lockdown was really quite difficult wasn't it yeah. it was difficult because I couldn't have anyone there when I went to A&E I couldn't see my mum um I wasn't this is another grievance I had have I, I wasn't told enough about what it means to have a miscarriage like the physicalities of having a miscarriage and
4: also there are procedures you can have when you have a miscarriage that I yeah. feel weren't um they weren't available because, because of COVID um right. because so, of, like the hospital was like cornered off it was really bad it was it was like yeah. filled with COVID I mean
3: m- mine was quite um a, quite a, a nasty miscarriage and I feel like if I'd have had uh, slightly more information then I would have been better prepared for, 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 for how that would have yeah. gone there's a theme here about women not getting their information yeah. about Obviously. their bodies yeah. and yeah. I know I keep I, I know I keep talking about it but like all the, the secrecy, secrecy and the shame around having a miscarriage mm. I don't get it and mm. I didn't realise statistically it was so high no, yeah. we weren't we weren't prepared for that I didn't yeah. realise uh, I think the statistic was
4: one in three it's
3: really high and I was like well that won't happen to me you know because naively you just think well I pre- I got yeah. pregnant first time I was like great so fertile yeah <laughs> and um and yeah it, d- it did make me feel differently about carrying and I don't know if I'll do that in the future now I'm not I'm not really sure, not sure.
2: we sure we, we always have conversations around miscarriage and around like you mm. mentioned there the sort of historical shame that women are supposed to feel mm. around it and actually even mm. now with you know we're not supposed to tell people that we're pregnant until we're 12 weeks well what happens if you do mm. miscarry in the first 12 weeks who are you supposed to talk exactly. to exactly you know who yeah. can exactly. share that with it's really it's got to be a personal thing if you feel ready to tell the people in your life that you're pregnant at yeah, three four I five agree. six weeks you go ahead and tell them because if god forbid something yeah, goes wrong who's going to be there for you exactly. exactly it's almost
3: a double blow mm. to say oh i was pregnant yeah. and now i'm not pregnant yeah, yeah, like you've got to tell yeah. them your family you've got twice, to tell them twice yeah. and it's like i was but now i'm not it's also hard. we felt
4: that like um for example no one sent us a we did tell family very early just very close family and then no one sent us a card or anything because they were they were like, well, I'll just wait, you know, just Wait in till case. the 12 weeks. Right. Yeah. And so and so, so when Rose did lose the baby, she was like, well, they, they waited to, to, to send celebrate the card. Baby, but now but- I didn't have the baby and I don't have the card. You know, like <laughs> oh, when, when, no. when I did was pregnant, I feel like I should have celebrated it more. Yeah. I feel like I should have enjoyed it more.
1: Yeah. yeah. Instead but, of being scared. Yeah. I've never thought of that because actually sometimes I've had friends who will be like, don't buy and think for the baby until they're here. Mm-hmm. But actually like you, like you say you still want to celebrate the pregnancy yeah, the whether yeah. it, you know yeah exactly totally. I mean that baby yeah. still exists you know pregnant, a, you were still a pregnant
3: you were a mother it happened exactly and I think also like the, the idea of you know this, the word miscarriage like it kind of annoys me a bit because mm. the way that it was explained to me was oh it'll be like a heavy period and it was just, it just no. was not like that at no. all it was really not like that and I think well you know you you, you owe women more you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's quite scary to go mm-hmm. through something. And I think that's why so many people that have miscarriages end up in AE because they panic. They panic yeah. about the pain, how long it's going on for and how much blood they're losing. And if they were just told what to expect, even though it's scary and I don't want to be like a fear mongerer, you know, I think it's it's valuable. Why are we not told? Is, do you you know, see?
2: Power. Why are we not told? I
3: don't know, but
4: a, a person gave Rosa Leaflet and it said, you may bleed, <laughs> like you may experience
3: bleeding. And it's like, But what What, they don't, what what they don't tell you. And I appreciate that miscarriages are different for everybody. That might be why they don't say, depending on how how far far along you are. Yeah. But I wasn't told that I was going to have contractions or like back to back contractions over like a few days. Mm -hmm. So when I had a contraction, I was like, what is this? What, there's something, Mm -hmm. I'm dying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you know, so, you know, if, if I have just prepared that, if someone had said to me, I know as graphic as it is, you will, pass what would have yes. been your child yeah. mm. you know yes. it wouldn't have been so traumatic no. to go through that no. because if I'd have just been told look you will pass the gestational sac it will it may look like this and it will be this size mm-hmm. then I'll be like okay that sounds awful but at least I know yeah you're prepared mm-hmm. for it
4: but when yeah and also um if you think about it I, I mean I'm pregnant for the first time I'm having and I'm having antenatal classes and they're describing to me what labor's going to be like mm. uh, Rose um didn't know what labor was like she hasn't been taught breathing exercise exercises or, right or what kind of um sensation she may feel or how it may begin mm. and so she didn't have that knowledge so when you know she was going through a contraction if she'd have had that knowledge she might have been like oh yeah. okay this is fine
3: I, I know how to exactly this. and just to take the edge of the anxiety away as well because then I wouldn't be like is this normal is this normal you know cool. do you know what I mean <laughs> So yeah. yeah, it was, I, I do feel like there should be more conversation yeah. about what it may be like without being a big fear monger because it, it, honestly, you know, knowledge is power at the end yeah. of the day and women Absolutely. deserve to know. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know. And you said that you don't know if you would necessarily, you know, try to get pregnant again. Mm. Is that because of what happened to you or have you found, you know, has there been some information that you found out since? Well, I've got polycystic ovary syndrome which I didn't know before I
3: started this journey. Mm-hmm. So for me, and now I've been told that some, in some cases, even though I've got a higher egg count, so I'm actually quite fertile, there are there is a slightly higher percentage that I may miscarry more than yes. once so for me I don't know if I can emotionally deal with that but also along this journey I've also kind of come to realize that there, there is so much more to parenting than being biologically related to your mm-hmm. child I'm sure a lot of people will agree Absolutely. um you know Rosie's both Rosie's father figures have not but I say both she has a biological father and, and a stepfather, my stepfather yeah and both have just kind of God abandoned yeah. you <laughs> and you know and i think you know what... it's okay. I, I i find it's a big joke online <laughs> yeah no, it's, yeah we we love laugh. <laughs> but rosie's biological father has never been present in her life no. since she was three but yeah and i just think to myself you know he is half of your genes and genetics and it doesn't yet, matter nothing to do with your life yeah. no. and i just yeah. think well i will have everything to do with this baby's life mm-hmm. so i think for me that's that might just be enough You know, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and
2: actually, being a stepmom, it's really nice to hear you say that because I struggle sometimes, and 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 it's not easy to say this, I guess, but I think you know, I'm raising Isla. I've known her since she was 15 months old. I have no (gasps) no no genetical link to her. Um, but right. when people ask me how many children I have, I say I have three because she doesn't remember a time without me, but she has an amazing right. mum. So what am I and what what's my role? And I've talked about step-parenting a lot, but I really hope that she turns around at some point during her life and say, do you know what? She She's not linked to me genetically, but she's been such an incredible influence in my life and she's helped. Oh, so, she will. That's, my miss- she that's will. all I want, you know, because oh, it, she will. It, it, like you 100%. said, it's like, okay, I'm not her parent, but I feel like I...
3: But it's nurture, it's nurture as well, yeah. isn't it? I mean, there's yeah. so much. And being there, yeah. yeah, there's so much to say for that, and a hundred percent she will. Yeah,
2: yeah I hope yeah. so. Unless she calls me the wicked stepmother, like in the
0: movies.
1: you <laughs> you got too many good clothes for her to say that. Yeah, <laughs> she needs to get and you inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the
0: short break.
2: So welcome back, Uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas, where were we? So where are you now with your pregnancy? How are you feeling? How many weeks to go? And let's talk about birth plans and things like that. Okay. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm 35 weeks pregnant.
4: Um, I have some serious acid reflux on the go. <laughs> I just drink GAVASCON yeah. all day. That's all I do. Your beverage um, of choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I've got, yeah, about five weeks left. I'm 35 weeks pregnant, about five weeks left. Um, yeah. And my birth plan is I really, really want to have a home birth. Yes. Um, wow. Which, yeah, um, uh, and which is, I think, quite, uh, uh, maybe, uncommon for first time. Yeah, months. it is. Um, but, but statistically,
3: Rosie whipped out a statistic the other day. I'll try and um, find them. Whip it out now, Rosie. A lot safer yeah, yeah and them. Um, we were talking about home births and I think um, for my mum is kind of like, oh, you should have it in hospital because she's ultimate, you know, you've got to be safe, you've got to be safe, but actually it turns out that lots of women who give birth at home, they don't have intervention, you know, they actually have really smooth births and it's a lot calmer, you're not in that sterile, stressful, strong, mm-hmm. horrible, lighting, harsh mm-hmm. environment where people, strangers are walking in and out, which can often, you know, slow down labour because you're in the really stressful zone. Here are yeah. the stats,
4: so this is from the positive birth company who I'm doing hypnobirth Amazing. with um and um, the stats are even if you the stats are if you uh, start having a home birth so even if you end up in hospital um with an emergency transfer these are these stats still are, are yeah. the stats so it's a 70% reduction in epidural use 55% reduction in episiotomy 40% reduction in cesarean birth 50% reduction in, in instrumental birth, 60% reduction in oxytocin drip, 75% less likely to have postnatal infection, and 30% less likely to have a postpartum hemorrhage. Wow. so
1: that's quite oh, high, is isn't it? Isn't yeah. is, really high. I do wonder as well if this year particularly more people mm. have looked into home birth because, yeah. I mean, I, I know the, the restrictions have lift, lifted with partners now, I think it was mm-hmm. like as of last week, yeah. but I wonder if more people looked into home birth this year because they wanted their but you know, birthing partners exactly. to be partner with them there. from the yeah. start. Yeah, so you're absolutely right because when I told my midwife I
4: wanted a home birth, she said, "Right, well, normally you'd rent a birthing pool if that's what you wanted," mm. but she was like, "You might have to buy one because they're all yeah, sold they're, out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it, it's true. Load loads of home births are happening, and I think that's incredible. And I yeah. think um, what I like about it is is uh, you're. I know, I know, like all women, you know, will learn about their birth and stuff, whether they have a hospital birth or not. But I feel like it's really taking the power into my my hands yes. by preparing myself getting all the knowledge and saying i i can do this i don't have to yeah. um kind of go into hospital and say hey you look after me i, I yeah. feel that kind of makes you more vulnerable yeah obviously everyone else's choice i'm not i'm not i'm not you know saying anything there's anything wrong with hospital births and i might end up in a hospital sure that yeah might that's what i was gonna
1: say that yeah. you know that there's all there's always the option Um, George, do you
2: wish... I really respect what you're saying. I love it. I love where you guys are at, actually. And in a way, I feel slightly bereft, George. I don't know if you agree, but like, (laughs) had I been told a bit more information about home or at least maybe... I don't blame the information you know, during my pregnancy, but maybe if I'd grown up with a better conversation around me mm. about, you know, sure. hospital's great, but also home birth great and let's let's get both sides of the track running together, I might have been able to go into mm. it with a different decision because I feel like I was just automatically programmed or I programmed myself to go, oh no, it's better yeah. to be in hospital straight away as soon as the contractions start. And I was like, F three days, yeah. just like trying to watch episodes of yeah. Narcos, but having to deal with these <laughs> yeah. bloody waves and surges. surges. Yeah, um,
1: I don't feel like... I don't were you like were you given an option no. I don't think with my first like anyone even I mean I would have said no like I know I would have said no but um I don't think anyone even spoke to me about it They probably it. said like, you want a home I birth just...
2: and you went no nope.
4: Mm. that's (laughs) that's why it's so important that you're doing your podcast that's why we need these shows with women Mm. talking about Mm. their experiences because I guess it came from lots of women who felt like you who were like actually I maybe I didn't have the choice or why why didn't why wasn't I given that information to make a choice exactly exactly. why did no one like present it to me to explore why did I think oh right I go to hospital the doctor takes care of me that is how it's done Mm. you know you know, we need to empower people. Yeah, we and need women, to you know, you'd be more surprised knowledge.
3: as, you know, uh, what you can achieve on your own, you know, during yes. labor. I'm sure, yeah. you know, lots of women can actually, given the time to just handle it and, 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 and take control of their body, they, right. they can do it. We've been doing I, it for millions of years, yes. you know? And I think there's this there's this rush of, oh, we have to get the baby out now. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you? Do you have to get it out right
2: now? Uh, though? No, or can really? we just wait and see? Or can we just see how it progresses? And now? also, you historically, know, we've grown up watching stuff on television, you know, watching women's. Yeah very sadly dying during childbirth throughout the yeah, ages yeah, because yeah. they were giving birth mm. at home without any you know any medical right you know that's what they're the visions that I've grown up with and I, I guess so, yeah. psychologically yeah. they've gone in and they've stayed there um yeah. and that's just not that's Absolutely. just not the modern way that's just, just not the case, the case now um and actually somebody exactly. was saying we had we had a discussion around hypnobirthing um and they were saying a lovely lady called Megan came on and she basically just said that um you know being at home you're just so much more relaxed you get one-on-one care because you've got a dedicated midwife that. That's there with you the whole time. And then you have another right. midwife that comes. So you've got sort of two yep. people. For the baby. You. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, one for the baby, one for yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. I know. Yeah, great. Absolutely. It's crazy the stuff I learned. Um, I really couldn't um uh you know big up hypnobirthing enough because it was, I think from the outside it does sound really woo-woo, a bit like crazy hippie, you know, and I think people are a bit like, oh, you know, and I completely understand that you know it's your child and your life, uh, uh, you know mm. that you're worried mm. about, and so of course you might think, right? Well, in a in a setting, a hospital setting with professionals, you know. How can anything go wrong? Right. You know, I've got these people here, but yeah, it, it, the knowledge ha- has truly been power. And I know this is way in the future, but I always think as well, like I know nothing about menopause. Like we've just <laughs> yeah. never been taught anything. I will tell you know? all yeah. about that, ladies. Yeah, I'm yeah. in early like, menopause yeah. now. I so. want to know. <laughs> yes,
2: I want to know. But this stuff, no isn't one tells right? you. It's you not, just taught. You just go along with things. Yeah. The twenty sixth, I'm hosting an uh, a perimenopausal um, summit, so a menopause oh. summit. We're going to be discussing all about it. And I'm obviously in my thirties, going through it. So yeah, you're right. In fact, George and I discuss this I'm all with the it. time. That actually, you know, yeah. don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Have a baby now. Oh, and when you're 50 or you're going to go through menopause, and can you just disappear now? And can you wear a really nice flo- Yeah, brow? But, but We won't do yeah. that. Yes. And that's yes. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
3: know, I know. And even when it comes to like getting pregnant, in school we were taught if you have sex unprotected, you will be pregnant. Yeah. And so when you're kind of like thirsty, you think, oh, it's so easy. I'll just have a baby whenever I want because yeah. it's mm-hmm. so easy to get pregnant. When actually, there's a very specific time in the month, and you may be lucky to get yeah. pregnant. Yeah. You I do not know? know that. Yeah. And I also think that um, potentially a lot less women
4: would be on birth control mm. if they truly knew, um, ah, right, You ha- to get pregnant, you have to have released an egg. Mm. Uh, you only release it at a certain time a month and it can only be there for about mm, three days maximum yeah. and then it's gone. Yeah. And so um, would
3: we be taking pills every day and medicines or implants or whatever, you know? Um, I just think generally there just needs to be a bit more information about scientifically how things work, at what stage you are in life.
4: Absolutely. Like like and also explain to the men as well yeah Yeah. and and also um
2: just going back to this kind of you know obviously kind of education and and you know how we kind of change the way that people think going forward you're about to bring a baby into the world you guys are a same-sex couple um do should there be more stuff in school about um being in a same-sex relationship about how you kind of figure out your feelings about whether you think you're gay you are you gay are you not gay? i mean there just doesn't seem to yeah. be any sort of caring around that i totally nothing. agree and we're so, strong strong advocates for
3: more um lgbtq plus sex ed in yes. school i think it's yeah. just uh, more it's sex just, positivity in general yeah, yeah exactly and i think it's just more that's this common yeah. sense well Surely. things like
4: um i didn't know I, no one taught me um about contraception for same-sex couples right, right. so um so yeah, I, I was like, oh, how, c- can I just not, like, how do I protect myself? Right. Or what am I supposed do to do? I if, I, to, if I go like, out in the world and sleep with women, I'm not using
3: a condom. Yeah, so you, what, might, what you might I think, know. oh, well, I won't get pregnant, get... so yeah. I'm fine. But actually, yeah. Yeah, there are other things too. But there's no there's no kind of information, you no. know, at school around that. Mm. And I definitely think it's a conversation that needs to happen for sure. I mean, I think sex, educa- sex education when I was in school was just appalling. Yeah. Just I'm just... sure
4: it's a bit better now. Yes. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
3: also what's interesting about sex
4: education is um, it's normally a teacher who teaches something else. Yes. And then they, they've they also got to teach sex education. It's like... Yeah, I am a
3: music teacher and yeah, he used to look right. so uncomfortable and so out of his comfort right. zone. And I was I, like, what's happening here? I'm not,
4: try, I'm not saying that, you know, th- those teachers don't know any, anything about sex, but um, they're not an expert. And I think, should it just be an English teacher or a music teacher saying, right, this is the curriculum and I'm just kind of going through this? Or should it be, you know, maybe a nurse or someone who... Yeah. Truly understands, yeah. Or yeah. yeah. getting like a sex and relationship
2: in expert in. in, you know, there's so yeah. I don't know if that yes. happens now. Does that happen now, George? We don't. You, you haven't. You got a
1: cousin that's at school? Yeah, I have got a. Co- I mean, she wouldn't. She she barely would speak to me. Oh. So we, don't, we don't know. <laughs> she's not going to give me the ins and outs of, of a sex, a sex education. Off. But also, like you said, you know ways of getting pregnant you know there's so many different routes to being a parent now right. and how you know for same-sex parents also people who struggle with fertility adoption you know right. surrogacy mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. if we were totally. taught those in school if we were taught that in school then mm hopefully you know the people who are working in those fertility clinics when they pick mm. up the phone they're not going to assume yes. that it's a heterosexual couple exactly on the other end of yeah. the line you know they're right. going to know it's exactly. going to be instilled in them that there's all you know that there's all these different routes to getting pregnant and it's not just sure. because of a fertility issue that's exactly. 100 yeah there
3: are all types and of families
4: it's so funny because i remember we spoke to a um transgender person on our podcast and they said that um when they went to the doctors to talk about like uh gender uh reassignment surgery mm. no one ever mentioned fertility and uh they were uh female female to male and I would have thought that you'd go in and they'd say right well you might want to think about freezing your eggs yeah yeah or, um, before you have this operation um but, if you that's know something it, that's if it's something that's you. interested in yeah that you're yeah. interested in just to bank for the future and there was no discussions and it's like what's everyone doing I feel like I need to go and do everyone's
2: jobs for them <laughs> you know? just, yeah yeah it's, it's just crazy. more information is but needed. it's as you said it's a lack of education and I don't mean yeah. that I mean that in very much like we're all we were all brought up in that sort of you know anybody that's between yeah. sort of 30 and 40 in that sort of generation of teaching that old school version of, of, of learning and we're, we're mm. really lucky in a way that our kids you know I know we talk about sort of oh social media this and it can be so dangerous but actually how incredible that that space can be there to educate our children a little bit more and hopefully yeah, sure. we're changing yeah. the way for them now so that these conversations don't seem like yeah. you know we don't have to keep banging the drum so loudly about them no. exactly. exactly and exactly. the information's
1: out there like i'm sh- i wonder how many couples you've helped yes. along you know their pregnancy journey probably you know millions of people i hope so i hope yeah. so i, hope so. I, hope so I well. mean this is
3: what we, we we're trying to do on our podcast you know we're, we're talking to people as well from very different walks of life you know it takes all sorts to have a family there's not one mm. prescribed way to be a parent you know mm-hmm. and i just I just think that general awareness of that topic, topic is really important.
4: Yeah. I was just shocked that, I mean, there might, this might exist, but I definitely haven't come across it. But I just thought uh, when I like Googled like, Oh, how to have a baby as a same sex couple, I thought there would be like maybe a website that would kind of like, (laughs) give me some steps, like a wiki. How
2: know, just the basics. But yeah, it's just, Matters. Just, just well, matters. You can add that to your list yeah. of things to do. Like, you've got five weeks yeah. to set it up yes. before the baby comes. Get <laughs> All right,
3: let's buy a domain. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do it. Uh, yeah. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to have to say goodbye, but it has been an absolute treat to chat to you. Um, where can people find you? Well, they can find us on YouTube. It's Rose
3: and Rosie. Yeah, just search Rose and Rosie. Uh, and then our podcast is called uh, Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance and it's yeah. available on Spotify. Yep. Fab.
4: We had so much fun talking to you. I just, I just love it. I think <laughs> I find it really empowering. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. And us too. Lots of love. Good luck with the birth. Bye,
1: Bye guys. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, (laughs) I love them. They have got so much energy. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a great story as well. I love it. I really, I just, I mean, it still blows my mind that people come up against these conversations with fertility Mm. clinics and you know the sweeping generalizations that when you know someone at that clinic picks up the phone they assume it's a heterosexual couple having fertility problems that does blow my mind that that still happens Mm. but as we said I think it is it's all about you know us making the change now isn't it we can't I guess dwell on what is right now we just need to work out how we can make it better yeah actually and you
2: know what my my two good mates Lucy and Yvonne I've spoken about them before I remember getting yeah. a message from Yvonne saying, um, "You know, I love listening to your podcast," and da, 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 but I think sometimes you can and like this, this, you know, she was just being very honest. She said sometimes you can reference, um, you know, husbands or you know, yeah. old dads and stuff, and that's you know, you and I made a real conscious effort to then say partners across it yeah. because. In, in my head it doesn't look man woman it doesn't look woman man it looks anybody but we're obviously programmed as a society that's just exactly. that's just what comes out and um I want to say thank you to Yvonne because that was um that was noted very yeah, noted. no
1: absolutely and also I guess we you know we can only speak from our own personal experiences mm. and that's why we invite people who have completely different journeys onto the podcast so that yep. we do get you know a broad spectrum of you know how life is as, as a parent what you yeah. know whoever you are Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we want to continue doing it's also just really interesting as well you know even if we're not going through something like that ourselves I find it fascinating yeah I do Um, too here, so. yeah it was yeah. brilliant massive thank, thank you, you, you to. Rose Ro- Ro- yes, yes exactly um,
2: now before we say goodbye this week um, there is something else that I'm working on at the moment that I wanted to share with everybody listening um, so as you know my parents have got a charity in Kenya it's called the Vipingo Village Fund and um, in the last kind of six months I've been having like emergency meetings over zoom with my mum about how little money the charity have now they start my parents started this about 15 years ago out of a mud hut uh, it's right on the coast in Kenya and they started renting this mud hut for 20 of the most vulnerable children in the county of Kaleef, of Vipingo. And then over the, yeah, as I said, over the last 15 years, the school has grown and grown and grown. And my mum now looks after 200 children. They're either, I know, She's she's such a powerhouse, this woman. Um, they're either either infected or affected, directly by HIV and AIDS. So either they they have it themselves, or they've lost one or both parents, and a relative is sort of bringing them up. Um, and they literally have nothing. I mean, these kids have nothing. The poorest of the poor. And when I last spoke to my mum, uh, sort of in depth about it, uh, she told me that she'd lost two of her biggest donors. She has to find 150,000 pounds a year to keep the school going. And she's on her own now, obviously, because she's not... You know, Dad's not around. So I just basically... Said that I would try and raise some money for her um, and the kids, obviously. Um, and I'm hosting an event which is taking place at the Albright, which is in Mayfair in London on the twenty. Yeah, 20- it's one of
1: our favourite spots. We it's love, such a, yeah, a wonderful place to go. We love
2: it. On Friday, the twenty fifth of June at nine thirty, it's a panel talk which I'm hosting. Um, Ola Pelavangu is going to be on the panel with me. Caroline Britton, who we've also had on the yeah. podcast, and Ashley <laughs> James is made by Mama's podcast lineup. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) We're going to be talking about the mama identity. Um, Tickets are being sold for £25. um, And I would absolutely love anybody listening to come and join in. 100% of those profits, um, aside from um, the breakfast that we're providing, is going directly to the kids. Um, And
1: how can people get tickets, though?
2: So I'm going to do a swipe up. Um, it's going to be on Made by Mama's page and my own page and there's also a page there to donate so if you head over to our Instagram you can find out all of those details if you'd love to be there on the morning of course you're welcome to bring baby Um, and then if you can't be there a donation would be much appreciated thank you I will be there
1: with Gigi probably yes Um, I'll make sure she's on her best behaviour but yeah it'd be really good to see everyone there (laughs) too much of a diva (laughs) (laughs) she'll only have smoked salmon if it's from a <laughs>
2: all right, um, thank you. As always, we'd love you to rate, review, and subscribe or follow the podcast.
1: Yeah, and any suggestions for guests, please keep them coming because we do read every single one. We we put it to our producer. We try and get the dates in. Um, so even if it feels like you've made loads of suggestions and and we're not getting those people on, we are actually trying. Um, it's surprisingly hard to get you know all diaries together and match up. So um, please keep your suggestions coming. Just drop us a DM at Made by My or on Zoe's channel at Zoe Hartman and we will be back on Friday See you then
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've
2: ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time